Hey everyone and welcome back to Citywide Blackout, your home for the best creators from around the world. I'm your host Max Bowen and joining me now, he uh, he has a soon to be released comic out that I am totally a fan of. Artist and creator Jade Louder joins me. Jade, welcome to the show man, it's so cool to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me Max. Alright, alright. So you have a Kickstarter currently going for your soon to be released comic, It's a Horror Show, The Date. And uh, I've I've already read it, so I know what happens, and it is such a cool a cool comic. But one of the cool things is you just started this thing a couple days ago, and you've already surpassed your goal. So I guess we should just go home then. You know, show's <laughs> over. We're done. <laughs> no, no, we got a lot to talk about here. But I I guess I want to ask first just how it feels to you know this is like your first comic, and you're already you know past your goal by like I guess like two hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty exciting. Um, I was definitely a little, you know, uh, nervous kind of going into it. Uh, working with lesser known comics this time around it, uh, uh, to release this book has been really great. They've done a lot in terms of uh, promotion and then just getting getting my stuff out there and also kind of like walking me through um, how all the Kickstarter stuff kind of works. And so they, you know, kind of let me know that. November it ends up being kind of like a little dead moment for Kickstarter stuff that October is the big one. And so, but we decided, you know, push through, make it happen. And I'm glad that we did and, and, and that it worked out um, the way that it did. Uh, I, I think it's, it's, the response has been really great um, to see people get into it. And uh, um, for me, just kind of working in my own little, bubble and vacuum and maybe showing it to a couple of friends here and there to have people who get into it is 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 pretty awesome to see yeah and 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 uh, just looking at the campaign there's a lot of like cool rewards here of course um you kick in just five bucks you get your digital copy of it's a horror show the date and there's other things too actually because you you also also have uh variant covers and you have a printing of the other of your other comic it's a horror show the the critique which is like a two-parter, and um, the critique that one was hilarious. I read that one too. <laughs> um, the thing that I will just say, guys, and, and no other spoilers, um, horror movie tropes. That's what this one's all about, and it is brilliant. Um, I'm curious <laughs> to where the idea for this one came from because it, it, it's so like tongue-in-cheek with like the horror genres. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Um, so. Uh, as a as a comic book creator, I you know I'll I'll take classes and do other stuff to kind of like you know uh, um, to help kind of strengthen my chops and that kind of stuff. So I took a a uh, a portfolio creation course through the Kubert School, and I was working with uh, an artist named Joe Prado uh, who does like um, Green Lantern, Darkest Night. He did the inks on that, and uh, or um, Blackest Night is what is what I meant. And and um, so. In the assignment, it was just to do like three or four pages uh, of whatever we kind of wanted. And so I, you know, I had worked with Joe a little bit before and I said, oh, you know, I want to make, I want to do something that's just going to make him laugh. And it ended up turning into this little short story, the critique. Um, my, my younger brother and I um, are, are big horror fans. And so he's kind of like my silent writing partner in a lot of ways that I'll like, I'll call him up and I'll just tell him like, all right, I have this idea for a story. Now tell me if this is funny or, <laughs> or if this is going anywhere. And, uh, and so that's kind of how that story happened. I, I knew I wanted to make Joe Prado laugh. 
Um, and do something that was going to like be kind of fun to do and challenge myself just art wise, but also uh, have a really succinct story in like, you know, three or four pages and, and have it down. And then, you know, uh, it was, it was kind of like came from a phone call with my brother of just like talking about these different horror ideas and how like every time I gravitate towards horror, I always veer away from doing like killers like it's just not my thing like I, I like monsters that's monsters ghosts that kind of shit and so uh I was like well what, what would happen if I did a killer story and so it became very much like my <laughs> like uh, the critique is also my critique of <laughs> like the horror genre especially slashers in general <laughs> nice yeah all right uh now you've uh, mentioned uh, lesser known comics earlier on and of course we know them very well really good friends of the show love their work and folks Definitely check their stuff out if you get the chance. You will find something you like, I promise you. How'd you get connected with them and what's been the process of working with them? Yeah, um, you know, it was it was back last spring that Mark and I started talking. And it was just, I can't remember who followed who on Instagram first or something like that. Um, but we just kind of started digging each other's stuff. And then we started kind of DMing back and forth, just talking about like, you know, him saying, oh, man, I dig your stuff. And then me saying, oh, man, I dig your stuff. <laughs> kind of that, you know, back and forth. And then um, we started having longer conversations about, you know, potentially working with each other in some regard. Uh, and so uh, we, we we started off on, on a process of uh, Mark is writing a book right now um, that I'm going to be illustrating. And that's going to be coming out next year. Um, and so that's in the process that's in the, in the tank right now. Um, and then I had this book that I was just wrapping up while we were, we were talking, I was wrapping up, uh, the date and we decided, Oh man, you know what, let's put this out, uh, through lesser known comics and make that happen. So, um, it just kind of came from just us just kind of chatting and, and, and just kind of being fans of each other. And, uh, yeah, it's, and it's been a super great relationship so far. Like I said earlier, they've been really, you know, uh, Mark uh, has, and then all the other creators at Lesser Known Comics have been really great about sharing advice about uh, how to release, you know, the stuff on Kickstarter, how to just do um, for it or, or whatever. Like they've been really great at like just knowledge sharing uh, from the different indie creators that are a part of the lesser known kind of uh, team right now. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic uh, um, group of artists and creatives to, to be working with and to, and to be making stuff alongside of. I love how this all started from you just following them on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really, it really can be the smallest things. And then of course it, Instagram, a great, I think, a great resource for connecting with other creatives because so many people post their photography or their comics. What about Lesser Known really drew you in? Yeah, I mean, I think partly was was some of the other artists that I, I noticed like working that I was like, oh man, you know, their stuff is really cool. I liked that the books that uh, a lot of that they've done were kind of, if not directly horror related, like horror in the in that camp ballpark i guess it's it was all kind of like uh, um connected in some way and so that to me drew me in i was like oh man here's some people that are are thinking and along the same kind of like wavelength and then as mark and i started talking about like what lesser known really is is it's it's more of like almost like an artist incubator it's a space for artists to get their books out and to use uh lesser known comics is kind of like i think mark 
often uses the analogy of like a megaphone to like blast your 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 message out you know using the lesser known um kind of megaphone and uh and so I think that that's what like drew me in is, is like, I retained all of the kind of control as a creator. I don't have to do something I, I was like not interested or not into just to kind of pay the bills. It was more of like, Oh, this is what I want to do. Uh, and, and I want to put it out there and their lesser known is, is a really great vehicle to like do that and, and, and to really respect and honor the kind of artist and like their initial uh, um, intentions for stuff. Okay, I know playing favorites is not a good thing, but I want to ask <laughs> any comics of lesser knowns that you are a real fan of. Yeah, I mean, um, I would say I, uh, I'm trying to remember when it came out. I think it was back maybe in June, um, and it was a book called Good Night, and it's it's uh, it's yeah, it's just a great little story. Uh, it's it's got such a good little twist there at the end. Oh my god! Yeah, um, the Jesus art, Christ. Yeah, the art is is like it's simple, but it's really effective in it in the way that it, uh, it 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 pulls you into it and tells this you know seemingly innocent story, but that that gets creepier and creepier and creepier as you kind of go with it, which is really nice. Um, the other one, it hasn't been released yet, but I'm so excited to read it. Is uh, Eureka. Um, which which is the kind of uh, Korean vampire story by um, David uh, Luhan. And I'm super excited to see that one. I cannot wait to read that. Uh, and then, I mean, you know, there's there's others too that I'm like, uh, Tank McGregor, I'm, I'm super into Tank McGregor. Um, I really love um, everything. I, again, some of the books haven't come out yet. And I, all I get to see is snippets. I'm like, that. I love this. I already, I, I haven't read all of it and I love it already. But there's like chiasm um, and tights and oh man, it's just it's such a good group of of creators and uh, so many awesome projects happening. Yeah. Oh, geez. yeah. There's there is such a wide array of titles too. Like it's not just horror or or action or comedy. It's a blend of everything. How would you say that for indie comics? How do you how do you think that the that the landscape's changed? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that there's so many more possibilities for how indie creators can kind of like get their stuff out and then also reach their audiences. You know, I think like back in the day, it was just like <laughs> you, you you built it up through just going to cons. You you built it up through. I mean, that's still like part of it. Right. Like there's still the the, the things that are in place that have always been in place and probably will always be in place, but uh, it used to be so much more of like, you know, building this, uh, uh, this thing from just locally, like, you know, uh, putting your stuff into your local comic store and hopefully some, like you gain an audience that way. And now, you know, like you can sell stuff to people that are all across, you know, the, the world that just connect to you randomly through like a hashtag or something that find your stuff. And then, and then there's suddenly fans. It's like, uh, there was this other, um, creative who, who found my stuff just through like I hashtag one time, like punk rock or something like that and found the date and was like super into it. And, and, and we've been chatting a bunch and it's just like, that's, that only happened through like, this like using hashtags and stuff. So I think that like the possibilities are amazing uh, that, that, I mean, obviously that social media has kind of like helped uh, engage 
the artist with their community. But beyond that, I think too that um, like the algorithm is going to be a thing that I, I think may become detrimental <laughs> to the creative. That like if if it keeps being that demonstrative, I, I I'm worried that creatives won't like as much as I think it opens up so many possibilities to reach a wide audience. I think that like the algorithm almost like pens it in too much that you're like, well, I'm not getting my stuff out to actually who needs to see it, Mm -hmm. which is a bummer. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Then let us, uh, let us uh, change lanes here from algorithms to it's a horror (laughs) show. The date, this is your main title, uh, all about a werewolf who, no, clarify a werewolf punk rocker, which is yeah. such a cool <laughs> thing to see, encounters this damsel in distress on his way to his next gig, but she ain't what she says she is. And I'll stop right there. Um, yeah. <laughs> now you did the the writing and the art for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about your art style because your art style very much reminds you of Hellboy has a very, very Hellboy look to it. Uh, and you mentioned earlier that you went to Kubert School. How'd you like devise the style? Yeah, sure. Um, so at like, uh, as you can probably see from my t-shirt yep. that I'm wearing currently. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I've got That's the right. BPRD shirt <laughs> rocking that right now. Yeah, I mean, Mignola and and kind of like all the Hellboy artists, whether or not that's, you know, like Gabriel Ba um, or... Um, John Har- uh, Heron or, or anybody like that. It's just like those artists that, that Dark Horse got to do uh, the BPRD stuff and the Hellboy stuff were super influential and, and kind of always have been. I just, I, I super dig their stuff. Um, yeah, so I, I mentioned I, I, uh, I attended online for the for the Kubert School. Uh, I was one of those kids back in the early 2000s that uh, dreamed of going to the Kubert school because of the backs of Marvel comics that it was like all there was always like a little flyer in there for the Kubert school and I always thought it'd be oh man this is this is what I'm going to do this is where I'm going to go and then come time for college and realize it's it's not a four-year school it's it's not a university it's more of like a trade school and my parents weren't down with that and so they were like no we want you to get a full university kind of like education. And so, I'm, you know, it's, it's all good. It worked, it worked out. Um, I, you know, I, I went and, and uh, got two degrees. I'm actually, my day job is as a college professor. <laughs> so I teach art and I teach drawing specifically. Um, but, uh, but as a result, I, I kind of like put comics on the back burner for a really long time. And so being in, um, the kind of position I'm at now and COVID kind of locking us inside, I came back, I came back in a hard way. And I, I, I was like, I want to see what it would be like to make a comic now instead of as a kid. And, uh, uh, you know, there's several books that I don't think will ever see the light of day that I made in that process that are just like, ah, there were, there were some learning steps, uh, to kind of get to this. So the date feels much more like this is currently kind of where I'm at in terms of my chops, in terms of kind of where, uh, storytelling, all that kind of stuff. Um, the art style, man, I don't know. It's just kind of what comes out. <laughs> like to, without giving like it sounds like such a, a throwaway answer but like unfortunately that's that's the answer is is uh um 
I, I feel like it's a natural way for me to draw how I like drawing my characters. It just, it flows out that way. There's not a whole lot of strategy in terms of like, I want my characters to have this kind of style. It's like, this is just the style that comes out. Um, try as, as hard as I could to do something else. It's like, inevitably, it's going to look like this. Um, the only other thing that I could say is that I, I, I like giving my characters a strong silhouette so that they're very clearly different than any other characters in the same story. So they're all, I, I'm always like thinking about them in just in terms of basic loose shapes of, of shapes. And then the characters and the style kind of like comes from that. So if there is any strategy, if there is anything specific I'm doing, it's just uh, it's it's focusing on the the shape of each individual character to make them unique from anybody else in the story. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's talk about the werewolf punk rocker because I dig the character. Uh, Tell us more about him and where did he come from? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So. uh, Last year. So I also have a Patreon and that was like an easy way for me to just like put art out out there and and uh and have like a landing plate page for all the comics and stuff that i do um and so last october so this would be october 2021 i decided to do i was going to do a, a one page comic every week for october instead of doing the whole inktober thing um and so the first one i did i did a double page spread uh and i uh, um i had, was listening I was, i'm really into like punk and all that kind of stuff and i was really into the cramps like specifically at the at the time the band the cramps and they have a song called i was a teenage werewolf and there's a music video for this where like the whole band is in this hot rod cruising in the desert and they're singing this song and i was like man wouldn't it be cool though if there was like a a werewolf actually there and he was all like punk rock themed and stuff and so i made this little double page spread for the month of October that had the werewolf in it. And, and I, I had such a good time drawing him. I was like, man, I just like drawing him. I'm going to do something longer. And then the story kind of like evolved from there. And I thought like, okay, what, you know, if I were to take this double page spread of like what happens in it is just essentially cruising through the desert, goes to a bar, puts on a, a song and just essentially murders everybody in the bar. <laughs> Um, and I was like, okay, what happens immediately after that? And, uh, then like the writing process was, was like, went from there of that's where the date kind of came from. It was like the next thing up, he's got to go get gas and he, he's got to, he's munching on some dude's arm that he picked up at this gas station or I mean at this bar that he's, he's munching on and, and away we go. <laughs> and he's kind of a bit of an anti-hero too, because and and this is within the first like couple of pages, so it's not a huge like spoiler. But he mm. saves the damsel who is being sort of you know approached by these three uh, say less than gentlemanly individuals, and he uh, <laughs> yeah. dispatches them fairly fairly readily. So is he kind of like a good guy or a bad guy or something in between? I don't know that I want to answer that question of like, get like clearly say he's one or the other. I think that like monsters are more fun when they're, when they're neither, they're just chaos, you know? Like, I think that like, I, I was talking about this with somebody recently about like the Disneyfication of horror that like too often we like fill in the blanks of like these, you know, horror characters and stuff like that. Like, we got a prequel to Norman Bates, you know, we get prequels to all these characters and we're filling all, all these, like, you know, these blank spaces of these villains and, and monsters. And I don't want to do that. I want, I, I want this character to be uh, whatever you want. Is, is he a hero? He could be. 
is he a villain? He, he like, I mean, he killed a bunch of people. <laughs> like, he massacres a lot of people. Like, it's fair enough to call him a villain. But like, as as a monster, I I I more just want him to be kind of an enigma, and you don't know. And I and I, I like that more. Is is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Is the FBI agent, you know, like uh, that I kind of like interject, which is maybe too much of a spoiler, but that's okay. Uh, is 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 she, you know, the good guy or the villain? I don't know. Um, yeah. So <laughs> a roundabout way of answering. Yeah. That. No, no, it's cool, man. It's cool. And I do like the ending because you're very much opening it to more issues down the road. Was that always the plan or did you think this might be a one-off? The like so when I originally wrote it, you know, wrote the script out for myself, it was going to be a one-off. I was I was like, no, I'm writing him out. This is the end of this. And then I started like, you know, through the process of drawing the book and whatnot, I was approaching the end, and I thought, you know, it'd be really fun if I included something that like could stretch it out. You know, potentially give like some some moments for a sequel to to give something like that. Uh, to just open up the possibilities a little bit. And so, yeah, the kind of uh, the very, it's almost like a post credits. It's almost <laughs> that like kind of came out of just uh, um, wanting to connect it, wanting to build a, a larger mystery than just this kind of one-off, you know, mo- moderately kind of simple idea that the date is. How long did it take to make this? I'm very curious. Um. So <laughs> that long, complicated huh? answer. No, uh, well, I mean, you know, the, the, it, it, I was drawing it for a long time, but the, but the, the, the problem is I wasn't drawing it consistently for a long time. Like there were big gaps in when I was working on the book. So I started the book last November um, is when it, when it started. And then there was big gaps. So I was taking classes online at the Cuber school. And then I also teach classes. And so like, there's just, huge chunks of time where I just don't have any time to do anything. And so um, I made, a, you know, uh, like almost half the book. And then I kind of sat on it for a while. And I'm like, mm, I don't know if I'll ever finish it. We'll, we'll see. And then I started talking with lesser known comics. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to finish this. And this is going to be the thing that I, 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 I see if they want to put out. And that's pretty much what happened. And so then I, I kind of like, there's a, there's a big gap. And then I came back to it and it took, you know, when I sat down and finished the last 15 pages, it was a matter of like a month maybe to finish the last handful of pages. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the pace it, like it, when I'm actually doing it is, is quite fast, <laughs> but like when I'm, when I'm doing the, uh, the thing where I have, you know, a real job and all that kind of stuff, it, it, it ends up grinding the wheels pretty hard. Mm. Now this is your first comic, right? Your first, your first like published comic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of self-published uh, the release of "It's a Horror Show," the first one, kind of on my own. But I did it was like such a small batch, and I kind of did it as like I was. I got invited to do this art fair, and I was like, man, I really want to have some comics there because that's what I'm currently working on. So I like rushed, made you know, got this thing together. That's actually how the critique even became a comic because it was just like a, it was like an assignment. And I was like, this would, this would be fun to print. And so that's how that even like went to print in the first place. Um, And so I, I I printed that, that first one and um, 
Yeah, and actually it helped so much like being able to work with lesser known comics because when I approached them and we were talking, I was like, oh yeah, you know, I printed and I used Comics Wellspring to print and that's who uh, lesser known comics prints with. And they're like, oh, so you already know the, the printing process. So there's like, we don't really have to hold your hand about how to like get your stuff to print. I was like, oh no, I've already done it. So like there's, you know, we're good in that in that regard. So it actually like, kind of sold me even more <laughs> to lesser known the fact that I printed something before. But yeah, I mean, um, so in the broader scope, this is my first Kickstarter for sure. And it is more or less the first full um, full issue I've done because the critique is a, is a mini comic at best. And so this is, yeah, uh, the date is the first full length comic that I, I will have published and put out there. Now, I imagine that like any good creative, you have a bunch of ideas right in the back of your head. Anything else that you really want to work on for your next project? Yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, there is that that project I'm illustrating with Mark from Lesser Known Comics. But then there's also, um, so in the date, there's a band that he, uh, the, the werewolf plays with, and they're called The Men Possessed. And it's a kind of a monster band plus a regular dude named Chad on guitar. <laughs> I want to know about Chad. What is Chad's deal? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I want to take that band and, and, and I want to do um, potentially a series with them or a couple of uh, a one-offs. Who knows exactly what I want, I'm, I'm going to do. I have the basic plot figured out. Uh, and that's the next thing that's going to happen in, in 2023 is we will have the return of the werewolf and some of the other characters from the date, but it's going to be a, a real romp into the, into the kind of punk rock band that we see only, you know, like just for a few pages. Uh, but it'll be a full focus story based on them. Um, and I think it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Like uh, Chad, I think, <laughs> Chad came out of this I, one out of necessity because I had like all the members of the band. I wanted them to be like uh, monster characters who have been kind of like corrupted in a way. So like, you know, the werewolf has been bitten is in, you know, there's so much mythology about the werewolf, you know, uh, going to France and whatnot of being like linked to serial killers and all this kind of stuff. And then you have the Wendigo who's on, who's on uh, drums. Who's like, again, is a man, but like turned into this vicious monster uh, and then you have Mr. Hyde on bass. And so Mr. Hyde, you know, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, he is again, kind of a man that like is, is feeding off of his, his own uh, id instead of, you know, uh, being arraigned in uh, by his ego. Right. And, uh, and so I wanted uh, uh, all the band to be primarily members that were kind of monsters like that. So when I got to having the, the, the last member, the uh, the fourth member, I couldn't think of really of another monster that like fit. I was like, you know, it'd be funny instead of like trying to find a monster that maybe doesn't fit. It's just like a regular dude, <laughs> like a regular guy. Uh, Cause I think there would be some really good comedy that could come out of like having a whole monster band and then some, you know, regular guy. <laughs> and so that's how uh, Chad <laughs> kind of came into existence. And I kind of drew him based on some of the, the other like musicians that I, I know, <laughs> like I, I could probably point to two or three people uh, in my direct friend group that are like, that's, that's Chad <laughs> right there. <laughs> I don't buy that Chad's a regular dude. I, I just like, when I got to the, the, when I got to the chat scene, I thought, okay, something's up with this dude and we're going to see this in a future issue. I just know it. 
it, that, that could be fun to play with. We we will see what 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 uh, what the future has in store for Chad. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Now you mentioned earlier that uh, you're a teacher. You teach art. Um, if you ever had a student who kind of like knew of what you did and say, Hey, I want to like do comics too. Yeah. You know, um, I've been able to, so I have a lot of flexibility in what I'm, what I'm able to teach and stuff like that. A lot of the curriculum is kind of up to me. And so I interject comics a lot into it. And over, uh, this past summer, I was able to teach the first comics class at Montana state university. It was an all comic book course. And, um, and that was a lot of fun. I had like a bunch of students who were like, yes, this is the path that I want to go down. And so it was, it was a, like a, um, it was like a eight week. No, it was four. It was, Jesus. It feels like forever. It was four weeks. It was a four week intensive, like, but you know, like five plus hours a day in the studio making comics. And uh, it was, it was so much fun. And yeah, I had a number of students who like, that's what they want to do. And so after that class, they're still, you know, around at MSU and they've been showing me their comics and stuff that they've been, they've been working on in between that class and now. And man, it's, it's super cool to see some of these uh, uh, younger students coming out with some like really cool stuff that I, I hope that they publish. I hope they get it out there. Cause I'm just like, I just want to read this <laughs> more than anything. I want to, I want to read this. It's so cool that you've been able to inspire uh, the, uh, these students to kind of pursue what they love to do and that you actually got to create a comic class. And I want to take this class. I want to take this class, <laughs> even though I can't draw or spit, but I can take this class. <laughs> it was, it was a ton of fun. Yeah. I mean, um, I kind of approached it as like, you didn't, I mean, really to, to do comics, you don't really need to know how to draw that well, to be, to be honest. Like there's tons of great uh, comics that like are done like with pretty fairly rudimentary, simple art, but like the story is what's more important. And so like w the real focus of the course was really just on storytelling and, and, and making, um, you know, making your comics uh, uh, more clear and readable and all that kind of stuff. And, and so even if like a student wasn't, you know, had like super chops or something like that with drawing, they were still able to tell some really engaging stories um, matching to their kind of art style, which I, which was, you know, a lot of fun to kind of work through. Well, stories I can do, and thank God I don't necessarily need to know how to draw because that ain't that that ship will never sail. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Um, will you be doing other other uh, comic classes? TBD. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> you never know. Like my uh, the the kind of way that like my contract and stuff like that works at, at my college. It's always kind of like ooh. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Have you had the chance to get out to any cons to kind of talk about your work? Yeah, um, I was at New York Comic Con, um, but I didn't. I didn't table. Oh my god! Like the wait list for a table at, <laughs> at New York is 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 huge. But I was able to go, and I brought my portfolio um, loaded up on like like an iPad, and I was able to talk to, talk to some uh, other creators and just kind of show them what I was up to and stuff like that. And so some of the artists and stuff that, that I worked with at the Kubert School were actually there having a table. So like uh, Joe Prado, who I've mentioned, named dropped a couple of times. Now uh, he's an art, you know, he works from Brazil. And so that, it's so cool that the Kubert School did online classes. Otherwise I'd never get to work, have the chance to work with him. 
because he lives in Brazil, you know, and but he was at New York Comic Con. So we got to hang out finally. And 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 uh, I got to show him kind of what I've been working on since his classes and stuff. And some other creatives, creatives like that gave me some critiques of my, you know, kind of current portfolio and whatnot. Um, and it was really helpful. And um, I even met up with, uh, you know, like there was another indie creator who had a table there and we talked just books and projects. And we've stayed in contact since then via Instagram and stuff. And as he, they've been following my uh, uh, Kickstarter and all that stuff, which has been really cool to see. So like made some good contacts, uh, but that was, that was my first con. And it's like the second biggest, <laughs> like in the, in the, in the States. And it's just, it was mind blowingly huge. I think like the numbers were like 200,000 people were there and uh yeah, it was it was intense. But in uh, 2023, I have plans of doing like tabling and and being at some cons. So uh, as a part of lesser known um, comics and whatnot, I think there's talks of potentially doing Emerald City Con in Seattle. Uh, and then um, I know I want to try and hit Baltimore with the crew next next year because that looked like a hell of a lot of fun. Come to the Northeast, please. We want to see you at our yeah. cons. <laughs> Yeah, I actually just went to the Rhode Island uh, Comic-Con last weekend, and that was so much fun. It was really like the first time the event was fully back because they did have it last year, but there was all kinds of restrictions Mm. in place, so it wasn't quite the same. But this was the first time I was like, man, this feels like it's back to normal. It's so good. Yeah, that's awesome. I I think that like stuff, you know, now that stuff is kind of like opening up more, and I hope it continues to open up more and not we revert back to kind of our weird you know, cave dwelling lifestyle. <laughs> um, so like, as long as things keep opening up, like I, I, I'm super excited to try and get out there more and, and, and to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, um, being out here on, you know, in the mountain state, <laughs> uh, it's, there's not a lot of cons, uh, <laughs> in, around me. So it's a lot of traveling for that kind of stuff, but I, I know that there's a lot of cool stuff that goes down, uh, in the Northeast um con wise and so i think that that would be definitely an area that i would want to want to uh hit for sure mm-hmm. uh, i'm curious as to what got you into comics in the first place like what was your first comic i think it was wildcats nice <laughs> good choice i think it was good an image choice. i think it was an image comic i don't know that it was my choice <laughs> i think it was just like it, it it feels like almost like a fever dream like <laughs> one of my i think one of my earliest memories like uh i, I you know, I'm, I'm a little bit of a youngster in terms of, uh, you know, I'm an, I'm an 89 baby. And so, uh, early nineties and stuff like that. I remember my family were, we were living in Arkansas. Um, and I remember like around like four or five having a comic in my hand and like looking at it, not being able to really connect the story to everything. And like some of the stuff is way over my head, but I specifically remember, like some of the characters from wildcats and, 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 uh, and then now as an adult, like going back and reading that stuff, I'm like, Oh my God, I had this. <laughs> I think this was, but like in terms of my actual first comic that I <laughs> specifically remember, um, it would probably have to be, um, I'd want to say it was like X-Men or Superman, but it would probably, it probably was like Superman. Um, and it was probably back in the nineties when they did the whole like Superman split into two beings and he was like the blue and then the red Superman. It was like, this is weird. And I, and, and like 
I, objectively, it is dumb, like as an adult, it was a dumb ploy. But unobjectively, as like a kid who just loves the nostalgia of it, I'm still super into that. <laughs> I really love the blue and the red Superman. So yeah, it probably was one of those. Yeah. My first comic was Avengers West Coast. I forget the number, but it was when they fought uh, Magneto with fairly predictable results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you know, nothing really significant in the overall story, but that was the first thing I bought, and it was just like off to the races after that. I got I got my subscriptions to uh, Amazing Spider-Man and X-Force, and nice. it was just, you know, I mean, this was back in the day, way before we had digital anything, frankly. So it was like mm-hmm. what you saw on the racks at the grocery store, if you had a comic shop in town, and yeah. yeah. Finding like Nuber Comics was like a gold mine for me. I was like, oh, man, they have a lot of stuff here. Oh, yeah. You know, I... I I super miss um, the newsstand days. Like I, I get why direct sales had to happen. Like I totally get it. It makes sense. I I, I get it from a, a purely you know, you know like medical um, mindset. But like I'm also like man. But walking into a grocery store as a kid was such a like a nostalgic thing of like you go to the magazine racks and you're just like praying like oh my god please have the new issue of this or whatever uh at the time like uh that i, I was really getting into comics that's how i did all of my collecting because i there was no comic book shop anywhere near where i was living as a kid and so it was it was the newsstand or nothing and so uh I, th- I think, thank God I was like the only kid into comics in my small little town. <laughs> Otherwise, like I probably would have like not been able to collect anything because uh, other kids would have grabbed it. But uh, yeah, so like I, I, I have such strong memories of like um, go into the news rack and, you know, or the spinner racks that would be, you know, next to your Daniel Steele novels and like pulling out. <laughs> Which is two know, weird like, things to put together. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Uh, But I mean, you know, that's that that was like my education in comics and stuff. I I think what I when I was a kid, I I really collected a lot of like Wolverine. um, And that was I was super into that. I think as any kid, you know, I think every kid is into Wolverine at some point. Uh, Same thing with Spider-Man. We all have our phases. But I was definitely a Marvel kid growing up. I was for sure like I was a I was a Marvel kid for a really long time. and then I discovered Hellboy and it was like, it was all over. And I was like, yeah, no more Marvel. <laughs> so much other stuff now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, Jade, uh, we are coming to a close here, man. Don't want to do it, but sooner or later, it's got to happen. <laughs> and for the folks at home, if you're listening, the Kickstarter is still going for, for a little while longer. Yeah, they met the mark, but if they keep going, it can support more comics and more printing. It keeps the whole thing going. So get out there. It's not a lot of money. And make this thing happen. And you can go to Jade Louder, J A D E L O W D E R dot com. You can check out his other amazing art. He uh, he's done gallery showings, and it's some fantastic work. And of course, support the comic. It's a horror show. It's definitely worth it. And Jade, great talking to you, man. And definitely looking forward to the next comic. Yeah, thank you so much, Max. I appreciate it. Hi, this is singer Kate Eppers, and you're listening to Citywide Blackout. Okay, everyone, that brings this episode to a close. You can follow the show on Facebook under Citywide Blackout and Twitter and Instagram under Citywide Max. Get at me at citywidemax at yahoo.com and check the show out wherever you find your favorite podcasts, as well as every Saturday at 10 p.m. on Boston Free Radio. That's all for now, and I'll see you next time.